Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is by G. Wayne Miller for the Providence Journal. This is Neil Steinberg, CEO of the Rhode Island Foundation. Welcome. Um, We'll do some quick introductions. Uh, We'll give you a little more background on how this all came about and uh, um, what's in the report. And then, Wayne, you've had the benefit of having the report, and we welcome any questions. My name is Al Caros. I'm the president and CEO at Coastal Medical. So we're a primary care-driven accountable care organization. I've been in that administrative role for 11 years, and before that I was a practicing primary care physician for 20 years. Um, Sam Salganik, I'm executive director of the Rhode Island Parent Information Network. We're a nonprofit in Rhode Island uh, that, that helps our neighbors navigate healthcare and special education services. We, we use a peer model, so about three quarters of our staff are parents of children with disabilities, and I'm an attorney and a healthcare consumer advocate. Hi, Betty Ramber. I'm the Ruthie Dowd Chair for Practice and Professor of Nursing at University of Rhode Island. Um, although my background is as a family nurse practitioner and registered nurse, most of my career has been spent in health reform and payment reform. My particular passion is cost reduction and elimination of waste, and I consider this to not be an economic issue solely, although it is an economic issue, it's an ethical one. Uh, the tentacles of healthcare costs squeeze individuals, families, businesses, taxpayers, the state, the nation. And so I'm very excited about this plan that takes on the really challenging issue of using resources wisely. Kim? Good morning. Excuse me. Good morning. This is Kim Keck, President and CEO of Rhode Island, a Blue Cross Blue Shield of Rhode Island. And uh, I too echo the comments of uh, the excitement on this work. I think as we get into it, you'll hear that the plan is a ambitious, inspirational, aspirational plan, but I think I'd also echo the how we came together, the collaboration, the culture of the work has been an incredible process. So thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you. Great. So just by way of, uh, of, of background, uh, as you've seen, this process started a little over a year ago. Uh, at the foundation, our, one of our priorities is healthy lives along with education and economic security and in two key areas to the state we think arguably two of the most important areas of the state, uh, the health of our population and educating our kids, we didn't have long-term plans in this state. So we go year by year, budget by budget, um, looked at other states, looked at other models and said, gee, it would be great to have a long-term vision and strategies along with the tactical plans later on to get you there. So we set about and publicly said that we would help convene and, and lead a stakeholder group. And I think what's really exciting about this is, when we were talking before, we didn't go out and hire McKinsey. This is for Rhode Island by Rhode Islanders. And we have a senior group of stakeholders that, as you'll note in here, broad representation in the healthcare community, in the business community, in the advocacy community, <coughs> in the academic uh, community, all at senior levels that sat around with us and engaged heavily uh, almost monthly for a little over a year to come to this. And I'll pick up on what Kim said, 
uh, getting to something that is bold, that is aspirational, that can motivate a lot of people, that can deal with um, uh, not only the, the facts at hand, but also some real inequities and disparities that we see across the state. And again, the state is symptomatic of other areas of the, of the country too. Um, we realize it's a long-term journey. So one of the keys is, is looking out. So this is designed to look at where we want to be in 10 years. And we want to be the healthiest state in the country in 10 years. And we want to eliminate disparities. So if only part of our population is healthy, that doesn't do it. And that directly goes into, as has been noted, into costs and other areas. Uh, very interesting quick pivot in the beginning from strictly the healthcare system to that broader area of health. So while the delivery system is critically important, certainly the doctors and the hospitals, uh, a major determinant of all of our health is beyond that, whether it's environmental, whether it's um, social determinants. And so we quickly got into some of those areas too. Um, in order to do this and the, the, the caliber of the group we had around the table, we asked people to do a couple of things, notably think long-term. So in everybody's day-to-day -day responsibilities, they're concerned about next week in this fiscal year, think long-term, and in essence, to leave their stripes at the door. So we were trying to craft something and have, we think, um, uh, achieved um, what will benefit Rhode Islanders, not what will benefit this category of healthcare providers or institutions or whatever, but to, to kick it up to uh, not what your organization is concerned about the most necessarily, but in combination. And so people looked beyond what they did and they looked at what Rhode Island needs and what we can do. And that's what's really exciting. These are guideposts. So you'll see here, this is to me a classic strategic plan. It has vision, it has principles, it has strategies. This was not designed to be the implementation plan. Um, the goal is that as we roll this out, it gets embraced, whether with state leaders or the different constituents around the table. And they use this going forward to guide um, activities, to guide action, to guide big decisions. And we will help keep this together. Um, and, and there's some other ways that the foundation is going to support it that we'll talk about. So that's really the background. And, and again, I will just emphasize uh, an extraordinary commitment by the people here. And when I say commitment, we have listed everybody that was involved. I'm showing you signature pages where every single entity person that worked on this signed off on this to support it. So. Um, whether it's great collaboration or strange bedfellows in some case, that's what we've got. And, and the last thing I'll say that we looked at very early on is this was not done around the state to, to get around state agencies or anything. We fully collaborated. So we had the director of the Department of Health, we had the Health Insurance Commissioner, uh, part of this group. Early on when we decided to do this, we sat down with uh, uh, Commissioner Marie Gannum, and, and at that time, she was looking at a very important effort on a cost trend steering committee to look at the costs overall of state spending. And so we said, we're going to collaborate. And what did collaborate mean? It means we didn't overlap on meetings, and we do have overlap on members. Dr. Carose and, and Kim Keck are co-chairs, actually, of that effort. So it's a coordinated effort. It has the buy-in of the uh, state officials responsible for health and health care 
and uh, the community, including business community and academic community. Has there ever been such a plan for the state? Not that we know of. There have been attempts, I think, at, at more traditional healthcare plans, at looking at maybe how many beds and how many MRIs and things like that. But we don't think comprehensively like this. And I don't think getting to the point of these stakeholders actually signing on to something. So what does it mean when you endorse this? And maybe we can then mm. go around the room. But specifically, what does that mean? Endorse can mean, I think this is a great idea, to we're going to make it happen. Well, um, this is Betty Rammer, and I'm speaking in my role now as a professor of nursing and also part of the Academic Health Collaborative. Um, I think that our particular responsibility is to help students really understand the difference between medical care, health care, health, and human flourishing, and understand that they can work together as a team to really support, uh, support the people of Rhode Island. And much of what an aging population needs is not always traditional medical care. It's support to enable them to be in their home, which of course is classic nursing work. Um, so these are ideas that we are committed to in our education and to the fact that the state takes it as a reality makes it very, very, very real. Um, so um, I personally am very passionate about helping understand, helping the students understand the cost of their clinical decision making and the value to the people that they serve. And hi, this is Sam Salganik, Executive Director of the Red Island Parent Information Network. Um, you know, I'm going to come back to something that Neil went over kind of quickly, which was the pivot from the healthcare system to the health of the population. And I think when this group started out, it wasn't clear whether we'd be talking about the healthcare system, how care is paid for, how provider incentives are designed, um, how quality is measured. A lot of these groups end up focusing on those kinds of issues. And pretty quickly um, and pretty unanimously, we all decided that we should be thinking not just about that, but also about how do we make sure that Rhode Islanders are healthy, healthy people, healthy populations, healthy student bodies, healthy uh, workforces. And you know, you asked, what does it mean that we've all signed off on this or that we all agree to it? And I, I'm sure it means different things to different people, but I, I think that there was not a lot of kicking and screaming. There was a lot of consent on the, on the broad issue and the vision and the direction. There was a lot of consensus right away that I think was really powerful. So I, I, I feel good that a lot of the um, leaders of various uh, state entities, non-state entities that are leading in, in the healthcare space really believe in the, the direction that's laid out here. So it's fair to say within the areas that you have some influence or control, you will work to make this plan happen. Yeah. Okay. Kim, you're in the middle here on a little phone, but from California, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Good morning. So what I would say about uh, the meaning of signing from where I stand, and this is Kim Keck from Blue Cross, uh, to me, it's about a commitment. It's about leadership. It's about taking action. And Neil has been a great convener over, as he said, over the last year plus in this work. And as we've been having this conversation, many of us uh, have been actually uh, thinking about ways in which we could start to take some action. And at Blue Cross, we've done some of that. And recently, Wayne, you know about announcements we've made, for example, in investing in affordable, uh, stable housing. 
Correct. Right. When yep. we started this conversation, as the colleagues have said, we quickly pivoted to health from healthcare, and we know uh, all the things that are in this report that you know and you've read about, you know, medical care determining just 20% of health outcomes. So my signing off is a real commitment to do this work, to do the work collaboratively with the team, but also to do it just as who we are at Blue Cross and really take action and lead. Thank you. Yeah. So this is uh, Dr. Al Caros, uh, President and CEO at Coastal Medical. Uh, I would echo what Kim said in that I, I look at our signing on to this uh, plan ha as having sort of two parts. One is a commitment to continue to participate in the group process. Mm -hmm. We understand it, as much as it's taken a lot of work to get to this point, it's just the beginning, right? This is a plan that we're going to work with for 10 years. There's going to be uh, a need for lots of analysis and discussion and planning. So being part of that group process uh, in, a, in a robust and credible way is, is part of it. And then the other part is to, to, at our individual organization, do everything we can to advance the goals that, uh, and strategies that are articulated here. I think, you know, so Coastal is a healthcare provider entity. I graduated medical school in 1988. So I can give you sort of a long view that uh, it, it was in the 90s when the data started coming out that uh, healthcare outcomes on a population basis are determined about, uh, as Kim said, about 20% by healthcare delivery. And uh, the remainder is going to be, as Neil said, genetic, social, environmental, um, socioeconomic. And, and so in healthcare, we've known this for a long time. But I think we've been sort of behind uh, state health departments, state policymakers in terms of really sort of internalizing that knowledge and acting on it. I think what I would say now is is that our experience in in you know local, regional, national forums is that there is a growing awareness, discussion, and uh, implementations around understanding what the social determinants of health are for populations <coughs> and individuals, and starting to integrate what we do in healthcare delivery. Uh, with community-based organizations that can address problems, uh, whether it be substance abuse, housing, food security, transportation, et cetera. And so that's sort of a new, that those aren't new considerations to health departments. I think it's a newer sort of uh, movement in healthcare delivery. And so our focus is, is healthcare uh, transformation and payment reform. But we understand that historically that still keeps us in that sort of 20% uh, range of influence. I think being a part of this uh, with a diverse group of stakeholders is hugely valuable. What is the role of government here? Obviously the Department of Health is an agency of the government that's important, but on a legislative and gubernatorial level, mm -hmm. what is the role and has this been communicated or will it be communicated to the governor, to yeah. the speaker, to <clears throat> the Senate president and so forth? Yeah, so before we started the process, as we were about to embark, we briefed the governor, the speaker, and the Senate president that we're doing this. We've talked to some of the committee members in, uh, you know, Josh Miller in the Senate on, on, on health. Uh, so that they know. They, uh, in some cases, are more familiar. So the governor's been briefed along the way by Marie uh, Gannam and Nicole. This is Neil Steinberg speaking from the Rhode Island Foundation. Um, and our plan now is that we will be meeting with them each and we will present this and look to get their support. So some pieces of this would require their support, clearly. I mean, 
Yeah, although, you know, this is not a legislative agenda. I think most of what you see in here, and I think it's been, you know, referenced here, can be done by the people in the room and, and others who buy into this. Um, it may have some impact on legislation uh, down the road, but it was not designed that we're going to go ask for a legislative agenda. But we do want their support and their endorsement on this. This is uh, Sam Salganik from the Rhode Island Parent Information Network. I'll just add that a lot is already happening yeah. inside government and outside government along these lines. And in one sense, this is setting a new direction. In another sense, this is just a collection or a reflection of where we're already headed. So, you know, the health department, just as an example, the health equity zones fit right in with, with this kind of work. Um, what Medicaid is doing already with the um, HSTP health system transformation plan, $250 million in federal money invested over five years. Some of that money is to partner with CBOs to focus on social determinants of health, uh, to look at population health outcomes. So there's a lot that's already happening in government and outside government at Coastal and Blue Cross and lots of other places. So yeah. how is the measures scorecard going to be used? I mean, I've written obviously about this fairly recently, but mm -hmm. how is that going to be used in terms of are we meeting our objective? And you said the 10-year objective is to be the healthiest state mm -hmm. in the country. That's mm -hmm. a that's a pretty ambitious mm -hmm. goal, but mm -hmm. speak to how this measure scorecard will be used. Sure. Uh, this is Neil Steinberg from the Ronald Foundation, and welcome others to, to chime in. So, you know, health-centric advisors uh, is providing the data and providing the scorecard, but as importantly, they participated in the process. So again, this was not just an outsourced, let's get some data. They were involved in this process. So. Uh, we think we have indicators that not only can be measured, but that tie in and are relevant to what you see in the rest of the plan. Um, some of these lag, some of these are, as you noted, very ambitious. Some of them, as we keep saying, we need to dig into on the disparities. So on a state level, we may look fine and we might see certain populations that are lagging. But to look at it regularly, uh, uh, we're going to keep the group together and we can talk about that. But we'll look at this and report out annually on where we are on these benchmarks and is there progress being made and where are some of the challenging areas. Um, you know, that aspirational goal, which is very bold to be the healthiest state, we're kind of looking at a similar one in education to, to have world-class education for all of our students. We think that's where Rhode Island needs to be, wants to be, should be. And that's how we're gonna thrive and attract people and businesses and have people want their kids to grow up here by doing this, but we have to have the rigor of the measurements along the way. This is Al Kuros from Coastal Medical again. Uh, there's a maxim in improvement science that says you can't improve what you don't measure, mm -hmm. right? And I think it, it's, it's worth emphasizing that what we're, we're creating here is a, a level of accountability for this entire undertaking that without quantitative measurement on a regular basis, we just won't understand where we're starting from or what we're accomplishing or not accomplishing. I think in, in the group meetings, uh, the commitment to, to ground this work in measurement and accountability over time is really strong. It was a very strong theme in group discussions. So how does this intersect with the long running discussion, shall we say, of having a more unified healthcare system? And I realize system is a subset of this. We recently had discussions involving Brown and Lifespan and Care New England. How does this intersect with that, if at all? Um, 
So I'll, this is Neil Steinberg from the Rhode Island Foundation. I'll give you my interpretation. Uh, we talked about that right up front. That is not this. Uh, first of all, that's, well, I was going to say that's short term. Who knows how long it'll keep going on. Um, and it's a tactic. It, it does not seem to be uh, either something that's contrary or necessarily will advance what we're talking about here. Uh, we're looking at it. We had all of those entities in the room. So we had, obviously, the CEO level from Care New England, Lifespan, the Dean of the Medical School, the Dean of the School of Public Health. So they were all in the room, and um, we actually did not talk about it a lot. It's something that may or may not come up. And what we would hope, I think, is if it does advance, or some iteration, or somebody from somewhere else, that we look get to look at these and say, how does it help advance, or how is it consistent with these goals? But not specifically addressing it. Okay. So this is a very broad representation of, of the health community, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Was there Were there any major players or even minor players who did not want to be involved here? Who? No. No, again, this is Neil, and we, okay. we started out, you know, the, the balance here is a group that's so big that you can't do anything but big right. enough to be representative. But um, there was a lot of shuttle diplomacy, as we say in this, of a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations. And... And everybody engaged. I mean, attendance was extraordinary given the level of the people that were involved. And the, the, even the wordsmithing is sometimes maybe a little too much, but very, very active in, in this document. So, uh, this is Betty Rammer from University of Rhode Island. I, I would just like to also underscore that by, by sharing that I was um, stunned in the best possible way with the degree of commitment and the understanding that not only uh, should we do this, but that we must do it. And that it's the right thing for our state. And the how is going to shift and shape somewhat. Federal policy will impact this. Um, you know, even the president election, presidential election you know, may impact uh, how, <coughs> how things are funded um, and the things that the state can take advantage of. But there's a real working spirit to get this done and serve the state. Yeah, uh, Al postal again. I was just going to um, comment that I think there's an underlying thesis here, which is that this type of multi-stakeholder uh, collaboration can be very effective, and particularly in Rhode Island. And so we're sort of right-sized for that in some ways because uh, we can bring all the major stakeholders into a single room. There's a lot of precedent for this being effective in Rhode Island. I think the the work in that's been more strictly focused on healthcare rather than health itself has been going on for years. Uh, the convenings by the Office of the Health Insurance Commissioner, the Cost Trend Steering Committee we were just talking mm -hmm. about. Uh, there's a there's sort of a cultural foundation and a process precedent here for doing work in this way that uh, there has been success and, and I think this is going to be another very exciting uh, and and complex iteration of that, but we have reason to expect it will work. Kim, you wanted to uh, chime in here? I was going to add uh, some of what my colleagues have already said. This is Kim Keck from Blue Cross. The one thing I would add is there also was a sense of urgency to do something, and perhaps it's because of some of the things you said in terms of uh, lack of action across maybe more the healthcare system than the health initiatives because I think there's a lot of momentum in health. But um, I just would say uh, to Neil's and Betty's and Al's point that 
you know, leaders showed up, and this was not just sort of a um, a minor commitment, several hours long meetings with real passion and energy. So there's a sense of urgency, and I think we need to build on that momentum here. Yeah, one other point, Neil Steinberg from Foundation, I just want to underscore is because it's a little different, um, not from cost trends, but other iterations that have been tried before here was we did have extensive business community representation. So we had senior people from Hasbro and CVS as two Dolph, large yeah. employers, CVS certainly knowledgeable, the partnership for Rhode Island. It was Dolph, right? From yeah, Dolph, CVS. yeah. RIPEC uh, was represented, the business group on health. So uh, understanding that there's a, there's a broad need and, and, and a broad buy-in to, to get these things done. My final question, I'm reading here, this is going to be formalized as an advisory council at some point. What are the mechanics of that? Yeah, so uh, again, Neil Steinberg from the foundation, uh, just to give you some, some facts, one thing that we want to announce, and, and this is the public announcement of it, is that the Rhode Island Foundation is going to uh, commit a million dollars to supporting this initiative. And what we mean by that is above and beyond our normal grant making, um, we are committing a million dollars that will support initiatives consistent with the strategies. So not terribly prescriptive, but if you look at the strategies, you look at the, the key priorities here, we will fund a million dollars for projects and initiatives to get that going. Uh, we hope others may, may join us on that. We also realize that there's not an automatic home for this to go, so the foundation is willing to help uh, keep this going. What does that mean? That will help convene and organize and lead maybe three to four max meetings a year, keep the group together. The way these are structured is um, maybe a good analogy or not, the Bill Belichick next man up. So organizations are represented. So if somebody is not in their current position, we still want the organization uh, represented and um, uh, to make sure that we keep this together. And the, the, the last thing is this is living and breathing. I think it would be strange to think that this document with every word it has now is the same document 10 years from now, whether it's structures change with hospital systems or other things that get discovered or checked off. It would be great if we could say done, done, done on three of the things in, in, in five years or something like that. So there's a commitment to keep the group together as an advisory group, to have standing with our state leaders, to have funding behind it, and, um, and encourage everybody to continue to participate. Anybody else have parting words? Yep. Sure. This is Sam Salgada from the Red Island Parent Information Network. I just want to thank um, Neil and the Red Island Foundation also. I think we talked about how everyone came and everyone came with energy and it was a commitment. A lot of that comes back to the leadership and thank Jane Hayward as well yeah. um, and the respect that everyone in the room had for, for the leaders. Um, and just come back again and reflect on how different this document is then, um, you know, if you look back at the healthcare compact, let's say, that was the mm -hmm. Rhode Island Foundation led when uh, Governor Raimondo was first elected, or if you look back at reinventing Medicaid or the Working Group for Healthcare Innovation, it really focused on the healthcare system. And this really takes a much broader view at, at saying, you know, we spend about $10 billion a year on healthcare in Rhode Island, and we can think about how are we spending it, and who is it going to, and what are the incentives? Let's take another step back and think, what are we getting out of that? Are we getting health? Are we getting healthy people? And if not, why not? And you know, taking a broader view, and I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited about that. 
Well, I, I just um, am very grateful to have been a part of this. I moved here from Vermont about four years ago, and um, I've been very lucky to um, be able to think about health reform, payment reform, and redesigning healthcare systems for a long time. And this opportunity to really shape the world we all will grow old in, but also to leave our children something more affordable as effective as possible, I think is an ethical imperative. So I feel uh, very lucky. And, and I'm Betty Ramber from University of Rhode Island. Uh, this is Al Caros from Coastal. I'm sort of reminded of one of the things that Don Berwick often says, and he's obviously a thought leader in health and healthcare. And, and, and he often argues, you know, we know what a lot of the challenges are, a lot of the problems in health and healthcare there is experience that tells us how many of these problems can be solved. Much of what we need to know, we already know, or we can learn from the experience of others. I think what we have here is uh, a strategic plan and a, a significant amount of collective will, which is, I think, going to be a huge determinant, sort of maintaining that uh, in order to, uh, that's, that's going to be determinative of the success or failure of this undertaking over the long haul. And at this moment in time, it, uh, the assessment would be that the collective will is strong. The intent is, um, is genuine. So, Kim, last word. This is Kim Tech from Blue Cross. I would just echo my thanks to Neil for convening us as a group. I think we're really fortunate to have the passion and commitment and energy to do something this organic in the state of Rhode Island. As many uh, have said today, there's so much work underway that is, I think, really um, industry leading, if I could use that word, although that phrase rather, although it's, it's not even the right phrase. I think we should be proud of the health and healthcare work that Rhode Island has done. Much of it has been mentioned this morning. and yet it's not enough and so neil in particular and jane found a real void to say let's do something even better this is something we need and organically we've created this plan and these bold goals and i too am proud of the work and stand behind it and really excited to take action to lead to achieve these goals just one one more quick thing just to tie it a little uh, together um this is Neil Steinberg from Rhode Island Foundation. You will see in the coming weeks, we'll also have been doing a long-term planning effort, very similar on education, on public education. We'll be announcing uh, that plan too, very similar process. And it was amazing as we looked at it, how it started to come together. So clearly there's overwhelming evidence that a healthier child learns better. And there's clearly evidence that more educated children and, and adults are healthier. And a lot of the same social determinants and a lot of the behavioral health issues that impact health, impact education. And so we see those, what, what we did as two separate efforts, really looking like it could take us forward together. This podcast is by G. Wayne Miller for the Providence Journal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.